Liga and uh, match day 36 was played this weekend, uh, or at least part of it, uh, of course, with the French Cup final being played. Uh, the, the two teams that were involved in their Nice and Nantes uh, weren't playing this weekend. And so uh, the games which are Nice, Saint-Etienne and Nantes-Rennes will be played on uh, Wednesday night or, or Thursday morning. Uh, we had eight games. Uh, we had a uh, plethora of goals. Uh, a couple of very important wins, some teams saving themselves from relegations. Uh, one team bouncing back nicely from their midweek uh, loss. And, and we're going to uh, look at it, I guess, chronologically from the, the, the first game to the last. And, and the first game was Friday night, Lille against Monaco. Uh, and a 2-1 win for Monaco with uh, Chouameni. Chouameni, who's right now talked about as... Pogba or Kante or some player in that realm of midfielder mm-hmm. and was probably about to uh, to get his big move in the summer. Uh, it's called a brace against Lille and, and the equalizer from Angel Gomez in the meantime uh, didn't mean much for, for Le Dog. Uh, Monaco, who actually didn't even play that well against Lille, they probably um, were, I don't know, maybe tired from, from the past couple of weeks or something. I would have thought, to be honest, that Lille uh, were going to be quite hungover from that shocking game in Troyes the week before where they conceded three penalties and get two red cards. Uh, so yeah, they were playing without um, Gerardo Sanchez and, and without um, Yilmaz, who, who both got red carded the, the week before. Um, but at the end of the day, Chouamini on, on two, I guess, two individual prowess, uh, left-shooted effort from outside of the box and, and right-shooted effort even uh, even more powerful from just a little bit further. Uh, was just too much for, for Lille. Uh, it's Monaco's eighth win in a row. Yeah, uh, eighth I mean, win when... in a row. What a remarkable turn of affairs for them. As you said, there are two manies all over the British press today. Uh, apparently, Liverpool are coming in with a fifty million uh, pound bid. But even at that valuation, is a bargain. Still... Isn't it? When you see what some of them players go, for. and then when when. Kamavenka did that on the world stage for Real Madrid, that cameo. I think a lot of people, if they haven't been seeing the calibre of centre midfielders coming out of Liga 1, he is going to put even more wind in the sails of these agents looking towards France. Uh, what that cameo he did for Madrid, it completely turned that game. And this guy, he scored with the left and the right foot the other night. And as you said, Monaco were off the boil. It was his brilliance that got them over the line. But then you have the polar opposite. Jonathan David, what has happened mm-hmm. to him? He is, he's just gone, isn't he? He's gone completely off the board. And if you're Lil and probably seeking to transfer him out to raise funds this summer, his, his valuation is dropping millions week by week. It's, it, interestingly, do you see uh, there's rumors linking Lil with his York? Mm-hmm. In recent days, but it, he, it, him and David, if David waited, he, he'd be a uh, He'd be a good little and large combination, wouldn't he? It'd be, it'd be, would they work well together? But Lille, um, yeah, they, they seem to be ending the season almost as bad as Nice. Is, is it the Galtier effect? <laughs> <laughs> the Galtier curse. Yeah, you go down the you go down the table. You're looking for for Lille right now. They're tenth. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, they are just. Uh, I mean, they've they've didn't start really well, and then they had um, I think that Champions League run that really helped. Um, I guess keeping them, I guess, to be in the momentum and keep them happy. And then they got the results in Liga sort of coming with those, those Champions League run. Uh, but, but they're not feeling it well. And last week, clearly, the frustration 
to the best of them um, in Troyes. And this week was, I mean, look, I think the last chance was gone a couple of weeks ago, but this week was the last, 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 last chance in case they wanted to try and grab something. But now it's too late, it's gone. Uh, and Monaco, on the other hand, uh, with uh, with Philippe Clément since he came up, uh, with that win, they were leveled with Marseille before Marseille played in, and a bit later on the weekend. Uh, but now they're only three points behind Marseille. They're three points over Rennes, um, Rennes who's playing midweek, as we mentioned before. Uh, and they have a real chance as a Champions League next year, which, you know, halfway, even when Kovacs was here, we could still see it happening. But when Philippe Clement took over one month in, it, it felt like it was the wrong call. It felt like uh, Kovac that stayed. Uh, it felt like nothing had been done the right way. That Monaco was probably, uh, you know, egos and falling over themselves and da 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 da. And then nine wins in a row, and, and you know, wins against Nice and against Paris Saint Germain, and, and important um, wins in there, uh, really put them back um, uh, on it. You, you were talking just to close on, on that one. You were talking about Tramini and the price tag. You know, fifty millions is fifty millions. But what are they talking about for for Declan Rice, the kid from uh, from West Ham? They're talking yeah. about like 130, 100 or something like that, right? Hundred millions for him. Yeah. I think. And I can, I can assure you, Jeremy, Declan Rice. Uh, he used to be Irish. <laughs> he <laughs> played. He played a few games for Ireland before deciding to that. switch <laughs> to the more lucrative nationality. But I can assure you, if he still had an Irish passport, his valuation wouldn't be that. It seems to be an English premium, isn't it? If you play for England, your valuation is automatically 100 million. Perfect example there. We mentioned Real Madrid against Man City. Jack Grealish, 100 million. Kamavenka comes on. He had a bigger influence on that game. What did Madrid get him for? 30 million euro, was it? Yeah, 35, yeah. Yeah, At his age. Daylight robbery. <laughs> it's fraud. <laughs> They've committed fraud. And it's like you said, uh, yeah, his valuation, it, it should be at least 100 million. Especially, much, especially the money them Premier League clubs have now, isn't it? Too much importance given to how many shirts you're going to sell. Um, depending yes. on the name that you have behind. Chomeny is too long to write on the shirt. Rice is easy. And it's English. Everybody would love that. Uh, all right, on to the on to the next game. Brest was hosting Strasbourg. Uh, hours before the, the Coupe de France final, actually, on, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, and Strasbourg also got an all-important win in Brest in their race for European football, not without suffering. Um, Brest played well under their Zakarian. They're finally doing okay the second part of the season. Uh, and they brought a lot of danger around uh, Matt Sells, the Strasbourg goalkeeper, who's probably in contention to be the best goalkeeper in Ligue 1 this season. Uh, they did hit the crossbar. Strasbourg answered. Uh, Gamero hit the crossbar himself. Uh, and then finally um, scored in second half. Gamero winning his 1v1 um, against Bizo. Um, a, a game that could have gone both ways. But, um, you know, you've seen them playing a couple of times, Liam, this season. Uh, Marco Bizot for, for Brest and Matt Sells for Strasbourg. Um, how do you rate them in, in the goalkeepers that we've had this season? It's not a season where... Goalkeeping has been extraordinary in France, right? We usually have one or two stands out, Mike yeah. Mignon, Edouard Menzi, and this season it wasn't quite there. So it looks like those two might have been uh, might have been up there with maybe Benitez. 
I think so. I think they're the only two that come uh, close to Sola Benitez there for a long time. And with that, Strasbourg again the season, funny enough, against your team, isn't it, Marseille? Mm-hmm. Julian Stefan, what do you reckon of his performance there? Because it wasn't a lot of people in France thought he could not do it outside of Rennes. And I think he's proved, me and myself, I, I thought as well that it, Ren was his ideal playground that he wouldn't be able to repeat the trick, but he's doing a great job, isn't he? Well, in, in Ren, he, he came from the from the academy, right? So he built, yeah. like, there's building a team and there's building a fucking club uh, because he yeah. took the kids from 15 years old, 16 years old, 17, 18, and then when he took the first grade, um, the, the pro, so I should say, uh, he had those kids coming up with him, you know, Kamavinga and and um, Okechugu and uh, Asignon and all those kids that we see now succeeding with Ren Truffert. They they came up under him um, and and he made them who they were. So it really looked like it was, um, you know, not not a perfect storm, but like a uh, six years brewing storm that just came to a climax when they win the French Cup and when they finally qualify to to the Champions League. So him going to Strasbourg, I think at first there was a mixed feeling. It was a bit of a, kind of like Galchi and Nice, it was a bit of a, we thought that you were the man, so, you know, what, are you going to Italy or England or why are you taking Lyon or, or that kind of club? Uh, you know, why are you kind of taking the step back? Uh, but like you said, I think he's proven everybody wrong. Um, unfortunately, the naysayers in France would tell you that uh, he went for the easy markets. You know, he went for the place where even if the results aren't good, nothing is going to happen to him because it's not a team that has a lot of ambition. But I think he's definitely... Um, Created an ambition now at Strasbourg, uh, yeah. building that and team. And with them bombing wing backs, isn't it? All they do, uh, I was reading a stat, I think it was in L'Equipe, that they've put in the most crosses from any team in, in Ligo. But then again, you know, if his York leaves, will he get as many crosses at another club? He could be in the ideal environment for a big striker like that, isn't it? Ajork and also uh, also Abib Diallo, their second striker, who's uh, yeah. very, very demanded and very attractive. And their number 10, Thomason, uh, is also in demand. And their number six. So, yeah, of course, <laughs> when you uh, when you perform like this, uh, everybody starts no- noticing who you are and uh, and who your um, who your players are. Uh, the the yeah. last game, I guess, that was that was important for the um, European football. Uh, and then we'll talk about the relegation a little bit more. Uh, was Marseille in Lorient? Marseille midweek um, lost against Feyenoord, or not lost? Sorry, got disqualified against Feyenoord for um, for uh, drawing 0-0 at home. Not disqualified, just didn't make it through. Jeremy, get your English words right. Uh, so just didn't make it through to the final because they drew at home and couldn't get the win. Um, I was kind of afraid that, you know, Marseille were going to crash after that loss. I mean, you know, it's a lot of emotional um, emotional work put into a, a semi-final. Uh, at the conference final, conference league title was definitely an objective of Marseille. And... and you know, I was actually surprised about how much control they showed against uh, Lorient and, and how much, how cool they were. I mean, if the goalkeeper is not in like a perfect day almost for Lorient, uh, they probably scored three or four in the first half with, with Gerson and, and Dieng. Um, but of course, then when Dieng scored that karate karate kick goal, uh, there's not much that Dreyer could do. And then in the second half, Dreyer makes a mistake when Gwendouzi, um shots. Great for Marseille, showed their composure, showed, unfortunately, for the Marseille fan, 
that the team is much better away from home that they are when they play at the Velodrome this season. Um, but also, Payet got injured against Feyenoord. Harit and Milik get injured on Friday. And then during the game, Bakambu, Charitacha, Dieng, and Gerson all get injured. That's seven potential starters that Marseille is losing before facing Rennes and Strasbourg to play their qualification for the Champions League um, next year. What do you do? You know what I mean? Do you, do you call Patin back? What's, what's the solution for Marseille? Rennes have got a rest too, didn't they? they they've got a few days. Well, they're playing mid, yeah, but they're playing midweek, so they're going to play yeah. two games in a week. But yes, yes, true. Yeah, you can find stuff that way. But Rennes are a funny one, aren't they? Because you, you have... Um, I hope I don't murder this pronunciation. Wait. What is his name? Borijo? Borijo. Odd French looking to give me the passport. <laughs> he he has really surprised me. Um, and he is one of the most underrated players, I think, in the <laughs> French division. You know who he reminds me of for any fans of the EPL listening? He's like a French version of James Warprouse, but he's a uh-huh. winger, isn't he? He, he set pieces, venomous with, with the ball, and then you have Terrier as well. They seem to be getting these players almost having Moroccan summers or the late bloomers. But with Marseille, when I seen Payet get injured, I went, and you see Monaco making that late charge. It, it, it's like a cocktail, but... Marseille seem to find a way this season, don't they? Would, would you agree? It's if the if Nice, I would say, um, through my tinted glasses, were faced with with the challenges that Marseille have, I think our soft underbelly would show and we would crumble. But Marseille seem to find a way. Is Bapajang's injury serious? Is it because he gives you pace at least, isn't it? If he's still available. Sampaoli said in the uh, in the post-game conference, sorry, no, on the day after in the press conference, uh, he said that only Bakambu's injury was a real worry. But, you know, what does that mean? He's not going to say at the press conference, yes, I'm out of eight starters and come and roll all over me on the weekend. Um, so so it, I think it's a bit of an unknown. I think we'll know more, of course, the, the day before um, the, the next game. Um, but yeah, Without without Payet, all those games, like I said, they're pretty comfortable away from home. But all those games against the big teams, um, against Paris, against Lyon, against Monaco, against Nice, Marseille did something okay. Payet was involved. If he's not involved, yeah. uh, it, it's much harder for Marseille. The replacement that is Harit or Jason, they are good, but they are nowhere near the level of, of Dimitri Payet as far as creativity goes. Um, so losing their technical leader for the last two games is uh, is hard. And, and I guess that's one question actually I have for you with Marseille in the end of season. If you can finish second, third, or fourth, I think you take second or fourth, but you don't want to take third. You don't want to have to go through like two tours of the Champions League in July. It completely messes up yeah. with your with your team. No preseason. You last year, right? Yeah. You know preseason and players that might sign for you, they're watching it, they go, oh, that's a bad result there. It, it can be, it's like a course sometimes. It can work the wrong way. With a camera, are you going to sell him to Aston Villa? It's free. 
He's free. He's free. Buba Kakamaha is at the end of his contract in June. Oh, um, and so, well, what's his name? A, a guy on the French radio show, um, Jonathan Macardi is his name, was saying that he was at the Parc des Princes when Paris plays against Marseille and heard, uh, I think it was the West Ham scout that was right there. Uh, and, and he was like, oh, are you here to check Buba Kakamaha because he's free? And the scout was like, oh, no, 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 no. He's out of our league. Like he's only going to go to a team who's already qualified for Champions League. So supposedly, oh. uh, it's it's either Milan That's not or it's really Spain. <laughs> <laughs> not this season. Just, Maybe next season. Our manager Stephen Gerrard. He was in the crowd for one of your games, Stephen, two weeks ago, and he was there with our CEO. But. Who, they might be watching him. They might have been watching someone else, you know. I know we, we uh, around centre-backs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're writing some of them. But we, as you said with Marseille, I, I think you deserve second place despite Monaco's blistering late gallop, you know. But for it seems more defining this season in ways for Monaco because you get the feeling that they're really going to get cherry-picked this summer. Whereas Marseille look like they're a club on the up again, it's going to be harder for sort of the vultures to get players out of Marseille. Marseille are always tough negotiators, and the English clubs can't come in and get players on the cheap deal. With Longoria, hopefully they'll be able to, uh, to to keep doing this, and then who knows if they can actually bring a team to actually perform in Champions League and not be uh, not be ridiculous like they were um, a, a couple of seasons. Ago. All right, let's look at the bottom of the table and, and I guess the teams that did really well and, and saved themselves. And then I'm talking about Clermont and Troyes. Uh, and then the, the team that completely uh, crumbled, Bordeaux. Uh, there was, there was in the middle of all that one team that their win might sound um, just anecdotic and maybe it doesn't matter, but there could be a little miracle. Mess won against Lyon 3 2. Uh, you know, Lyon's going to do Lyon, right? After that 3-0 win against Marseille last week, uh, you know, Jean-Michel Olas was almost here saying that he's about to win the Champions League. Uh, and then next thing you know, nose dive during the, the week against the bottom of the table mess. I mean, come on, they've been bad all season. Uh, 14 games. 14 games they were winless, Mets. They've been terrible. And and they've been the team that was almost like they're going to second division. It is what it is. And Antonetti, we love him, can't do anything about that. But two goals very early, Pajot and and Lamkelze and and the Lyon defense completely out of it. Um, And then finally, Lyon Responds like they've done so many times this season, I guess, um, coming out from behind and, and counting on Dembele uh, to bring it back together. Dembele was called his 18th goal this season, which is his best tally in his career. Uh, and then he's, he's offering the, um, the equalizer to Toko Ekambi when Lyon was down to 10 men. So it looked like Lyon had made it back. Um, Thiago Mendes gets red carded for a foul on Lam Kelze as, as the last defender. Uh, but yeah, then Lyon equalizes. And so then you're down to 10 men. You've made it from 0-2 to 2-2. Uh, you know, everything looks great. And Farid Boulaya, the uh, the technical leader of Metz, who's been pretty average all season. Uh, he was linked with Marseille and, and with Nice in the offseason. And, and it didn't happen. But then when we saw how we played this season, nobody, nobody regretted that the transfer didn't happen. But he just scored a screamer 
Arjen Robben style, um, left-footed rocket uh, in the other in the far corner to give his team the three points. But Lyon, uh, so Mess, sorry, with that win, they go over Bordeaux. They're not condemned yet, but it's it's tight. It'll take a bit of a miracle for them to to save themselves. But it's three points that actually allow them to hope for savior. Yeah. Bad result for Saint Etienne, isn't it? Yeah, I know. It's it's uh well I mean they, they can count on Nice not being great and hopefully they can get the, yeah. the three points <laughs> this week. That's all that's all they over. can losing these hangover. Leon, Peter Bosch, what is he doing? You look at that Leon side, look some of the players they had there. Banqueta, Jerome Boateng, Emerson. They're superstars, some of them guys. The they belong yeah. in the Champions League, them players, and they're losing to Mets. And as you said, they had a recent good run of form. So they played Marseille and they played Montepelli before this game. They scored eight goals in those two games. You were thinking, here they go. But but it's all Dembele, isn't it? It's him. He has just bust into flames of form. He's the Celtic version now, isn't he? That that's what they thought he was gonna be. He's finally living up to his billing. But is he living it up to is he playing for a move? Because surely the form he is in, Arsenal, they could do with a player like that. <laughs> they could jump at him, wouldn't they? Straight away. He he seems a really Arsenal type player. But yeah, I think Peter Bosch, I think his job is under threat now. Has there any hopes of a late dash for Europe is over? He's confirmed him though. Ola said that Peter Bosch is going to be the coach next year. So that's what that's what baffles me. I mean Lyon is the they are the epitome of leveling yourself to your opponent. They play against Paris, Champions League level. They play against Marseille, Champions League level. And then they play against Metz or Rennes or Brest or Clermont. And no one shows up. There's absolutely no motivation. Um, and, and that's the worst thing. If you want to win the game, that's the game that you should not even have to look on the calendar. It's one, it's a win, it's a win, it's a win. Uh, we're playing Paris Saint-Germain. That might be complicated. And then win, win, win. If you want to be where Lyon is supposed to be, that's how they need to think. And it was... Uh, yeah, it was a pretty terrible season for them. Um, let's see. Yeah, let's see what they do. They say Ola said that Boss would stay, and that he will offer him um, the, the transfer window that he deserves to be able to put his football through. I'm 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 all for trusting the coach and, and not getting rid of him after a game, even after a season, because you haven't seen yet what he's done. Uh, but if next year after three games he doesn't have results, I'm pretty sure that he's. He's, he's gone. gone. He's, he's, because the players are his disposal. It's uh, and look, look at the end. They face Nantes next and then Clermont, so they could potentially end the season with two defeats there, isn't it? Because the, the Clermont will want to go out in a high, even though they're at home that last game, isn't it? They put on a show for the fans. Nantes are in cloud nine now, unless they show up drunk. It's terrible for for Lyon because if you look at those three games last week, you're thinking they beat Marseille. They're about to get four wins in a row. <laughs> European football is back. Pretty pretty bad. Um, the other team that did well in in the bottom, Clermont, who won two one against Montpellier, uh, they needed the points to to be able to put some space between them and and the relegation zone. And uh, getting all three points against Montpellier was uh, was I guess the breath of fresh air needed. Uh, clearly, they wanted it more. Uh, and on the shot from Mohamed Bayo, um, Rashani was able to tackle the ball in the empty net. 
then um, Chotar's equalizer from Montpellier. Have you seen that goal from Chotar, Liam? You yeah. have to. Anybody who hasn't seen it, you have to see it. Wild finish, the control, Crazy. the sombrero, the volley. That's his yeah. first goal in Liga. I mean, what a way to start. It's like something Teche Savanier would do, isn't yeah, it? It exactly. seems like a Savanier goal. I heard his name and I was like, what is he even doing that high, that high up the pitch? <laughs> uh, but great goal for, for Chota. Uh, and then, unfortunately, for Montpellier, they should have they should have um, scored by the uh, the English striker, Mavi Didi. Uh, but he missed the unmissable uh, just a minute later. Alone in front of the empty net, score, like hitting the the cross or then hitting the the goalkeeper. I don't know how he missed that. Uh, the penalty is what made the difference in the second half. Uh, Sacco fouled Bertomier, and then Bayo was here to score uh, the 13th goal of the season. Another striker was probably going to be on the market uh, in the offseason. Mohamed Bayo. I think everybody will uh, will jump on him. You join for Pascal Gastien uh, because now they go up a spot on the table. They pass Lorient uh, and and they kind of saved. I mean, uh, the worst that can happen to them is is playing the um, relegation playoff, I think, at this point. Uh, but yeah, if they get a point in the last two games, they, they, they're probably safe and they're on a good momentum. So um, it would be good to see the, the two um, sides that were promoted during uh, during the off-season uh, actually uh, staying in Liga. We know that next season is going to be a bit more... Uh, bit more complicated for uh, the, the French teams to save themselves because after the next season, Ligue 1 goes down to 18 clubs. So four clubs are going to be relegated next year. Um, so at least if they uh, if they can build on the on this result, it'll be uh, it'll be good for them. Paris Saint-Germain and Troyes was the last game of the weekend. We're quickly going to talk about this before we jump a bit um, on Bordeaux and, uh, and, and their trouble. Uh, PSG Troyes uh, was just an, an, a great example of Paris Saint-Germain not learning. Um, the champions were against uh, against a team, a Troyes team that is good but not great and is on a, on a good, um, I guess, momentum. But, I mean, they're never at the level of Paris Saint-Germain, right? Uh, they were up two goals before seeing their opponent level. Uh, Marquinhos walked in Di Maria's free kick uh, into the goal, and then Mbappé earned a penalty uh, that Neymar converted. There's there's a cute little banter that happened between Neymar and the goalkeeper, where the goalkeeper um, said after the game that he went to Neymar and he said, look, my whole family is watching, my wife is in the audience, please tell me where you're going to put the ball so I can save it and be the hero. So for once, my family can be proud of me, uh, which is pretty funny. And sometimes you hear that Neymar is uh, is actually not 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 the person that he portrays himself to be, but actually nice to the other players around. So uh, it's good to hear anyway. He scores uh, eventually uh, Neymar, and then um, Paris Saint Germain to make sure that they were not going to get the easy win decided to give the first uh, goal away with Nuno Mendes uh, passing the ball in the run of Ugbo at the edge of the box. And then the, uh, the Canadian International uh, happily picked the ball of left corner to beat Navas. Messi, as he has done all season, uh, hit the posts after dribbling five players. Um, I, I, they were telling on, on TV um, he hit the woodwork 10 times this season. Uh, the second one in that stat sheet in France has only hit the woodwork twice. Uh, sorry, five times, excuse me. Uh, so it's twice as much for Messi than it is for his, uh, for his follower on that um, hitting the crossbar or the post um, rankings. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Kim Pembedo had fouled Ripar in the box uh, and Florent Tardieu, Florent Tardieu, who I've said it in the pod a few times, 
uh, he, he's a local for me. He's a friend of my uh, young cousin. We are born in the same city in East, uh, in, in South of France. And he played for East for quite a bit, uh, Florian. Uh, well, Florian Tardieu, who scored two goals on penalty last week, had another penalty uh, this weekend at the Parc des Princes, which is probably special for somebody who's born near Marseille, um, scoring a panenka to secure a point and potentially the point that keeps your team in Ligue 1, uh, must have been a little bit to celebrate for the uh, trois captain after the game. Um, Paris so nerves to do that, isn't it? I know, right? The Panenka against Keylor, Keylor Navas. <laughs> the balls, man. You know, you have to big balls. You have, you have to be able to, uh, to back yourself because if you miss that one, you're not going home. So. Uh, <laughs> so you, you got to be able to back yourself. Um, like I was saying, third consecutive draw for Paris, uh, who, who seemed that they're already on holidays. I mean, some of them were on holidays this week for a, uh, a marketing coup in, in Rwanda. Um, Trois get the point that saves them, basically. Um, they probably didn't count on the point coming from that game, um, but, yeah. but they're most likely in Ligue 1 thanks to, uh, thanks to Paris Saint-Germain. Paris Saint-Germain, who's just... Uh, I'm almost tired of talking about Paris Saint-Germain, how good they should be and and how good they are not. And, and at the, the the public during that game, when they announced the name of the players, cheers, 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 and then it says Pochettino, and the public starts booing. I mean, the poor guy, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. Yeah. Like, I feel like they don't learn. He's going to go to United, or not United, because they said Ten Hag now, but he's going to go to another club. He's going to win a Champions League or, or a Europa League. He will, really won't he? He, he and will then reinvent like, somewhere. Oh, and it, it's like you said, um, it seemed the minute they exited Europe, the guys, they're gone on the beach, isn't it? As well, you know, with a World Cup year, some of them superstars, they don't want to get in. The Quateris will have them doing photo shoots all over the world during the preseason. They've completely checked out a lot of them, haven't they? So sad. It's so sad, and it's such disrespect for the for the real Paris yeah. Saint-Germain fans who are expecting much more from their club. They won the league, and I guess they've 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 part of the contract has been uh, has been respected. Uh, all right, the last game of the weekend and, and the game that is probably sending Bordeaux to Ligue 2. Uh, Bordeaux was playing against Angers in Angers, uh, and Angers won 4-1. Uh, so, yeah, it's Bordeaux digging their grave a little bit deeper every week. Uh, the first goal came from a, a pretty question, a weird, I guess, a weird outing from Benoit Costil, questionable decision, um, which which caused the first goal, and, and then there's not much you can do on the second goal when uh, Batista Mendy had that ball um, quite hard, actually, uh, from a corner. Guillaume, the, the Bordeaux coach, makes three things at halftime to try and change the game. It works for a bit with Sekumara uh, scoring a header of his own, uh, but unfortunately, uh, that hopes only lasted two minutes when uh, a nice little uh, transition move allowed Barroquin to score. And then Pereira Lage, excuse me, finished the job quite late in the game. That new defeat sends Bordeaux to the bottom of the table. Um, if Saint-Étienne win against against Nice, that delayed game on Wednesday, uh, Bordeaux is condemned to play in league the next season. And anyway, they're going to need a miracle if they want to to stay in league next season. Uh, it's just sad, isn't it, Liam? I mean, it's we know we, we've we've seen it coming, uh, but yeah. again, they had they had an easy end of the end of um, championship. They they have Angers, 
Lorient and Brest, their cards was in their hands. They, they could have said yeah. themselves. And Angers going into this game, they still had a slight tre- relegation hanging over them, but they made Angers look like Brazil. They were completely overran by that uh, young teenager, Sadku Meira. He looks mm-hmm. a good player. And in typical yeah. Bordeaux fashion, they're going to sell him. Right? They're going to sell him to the first minute. And they've been doing this constantly over and over again, as you know, for 10 years, selling players. Chukamani, as you said, they, they've probably sold him far too soon. You, you hold on. What would his worth be now? It is, as you said, really sad to see them go. But they seem to have suffered from gross mismanagement over many, many years. The seeds of their demise, them American owners, them mm-hmm. hedge funds that own them, uh, completely bad news. And then the media pro deal obviously affected all the clubs in France, but that and COVID seems to completely derailed Bordeaux's finances off the pitch. And when they keep selling their best assets, eventually you're going to pay the price. But their supporters, even like that bizarre story earlier in the season when their (laughs) short sponsors were slagging the month's winner, their crest being changed without consultation, they have been dragged through hell, Bordeaux fans, and they're going out of league at home out of whimper. What do you reckon is going on in Laurent Cachelny's mind, given how badly they treated him this bogus job they made up basically to get him off the wage but wouldn't it be part of him that is probably going well that's that's what you get has to be has to be how how do you think like a guy like he's only human isn't he how do you think like a guy like coach is not a professional you don't make it an arsenal wearing the armband and, and, you know, for so long with his long career, if you're not a professional, maybe he relaxed a little bit when he went to Bordeaux, but he, you can't say that he's not a professional. And he was he was holding the fort for them all season last year. Like, everybody has a short memory. It's And and to me, it's Gerard Lopez. It's what he did at Lille. Uh, you know, he was lucky that he had, um, you know, two two very nice shields in Luis Campos yes. and, and um, Christophe Galtier. Uh, but, but now that he's not shielded and he has to make decisions himself and he has to be the voice of his own decisions, um, it's all it's all going it's all going from bad to worse. And and Bordeaux are are paying a, a dear price. And, you know, you almost want him to get rid of the club after the summer and, uh, and unfortunately that might mean that they're going to go to division three or four but it looks like they need to sort of you know to be born again from their ashes and and to you know scrape everything this was a shitty 10 years new slate it's a historical club they're always going to have a following they already have an okay setup as far as academy goes you can rebuild and this a massive team. stadium isn't it right? massive you can stadium. Build it based on the history only and based on all the infrastructure you can rebuild the club just let it let it crumble and build it again and, and the so, scary thing is you said is it doesn't seem they've bottomed out yet isn't it mm-hmm. you, you you're thinking where where is enough enough for lopez when is he going to move on because the short termism that they continually do this constant turning over players over and over again would someone like 
long, long, would he come back and there's an advisor or some footballing people need to get in there because the business people that they've let come in there have completely torn the soul out of the club. And I was looking on uh, the formations they've used and just in the last five games they've gone three four one two three four three five four one four four two it's may and that screams they still don't know their best team isn't it it's just constant panic flux and it's they don't have the gems anymore that they're going to sell to get the money in isn't it where's the money going to come from it's it's sad for uh, for a coach like David Guillon that I like a lot, uh, but he was he came in too late and I don't think he was able to uh, to change anything and I don't think he made the right choices while he was struggling as well. So so that's where we are if if we look at the table. Bordeaux's last with twenty seven points, uh, Mess one point ahead of them surprisingly with twenty eight points, and then Saint Etienne at the eighteenth uh, position with thirty one points and the game in hand. Again, if they if they get if they win that game, they're pushing Bordeaux in Ligue 2 uh, and, and Metz will have a tiny chance to be able to come back, but most likely they'll push those two teams to straight relegation. Um, and then in front of uh, the it's Lorient with 34 points who are they need to get a point, but they're not going to have a very easy um, calendar to finish. Clermont with 36 points seems safe and then Troyes are safe now um, where they are with 37 points. At the top of the table, Paris Saint-Germain, of course, 80 points is ahead. Marseille with 68, followed by Monaco with 65. Rennes, 62, but a game in hand uh, against Nantes. If they are lucky, Nantes is on holidays. If they are unlucky, Nantes will be keen to um, show their fans that they can celebrate the Coupe de France by axing the rival and neighbor Rennes at La Beaujoire, uh, which will do a world of good to Marseille. Uh, and then behind Rennes, it's Strasbourg with 60 points, Nice with 60 points to have that game in hand, uh, and then Lens with 58, all the teams that can still pretend to play in Europe. Um, the, the next games we've mentioned, of course, uh, those two games midweek, not against um, Rennes and Nice against Saint-Etienne. And then next week, Saint-Etienne will play Reims. Montpellier will play Paris Saint-Germain. Metz is playing against Angers. Strasbourg is playing against Clermont. Lyon against Nantes. Monaco, Bordeaux. Trois against Lens, Bordeaux-Lorient, which will be interesting, uh, Nice against Lille, and Rennes against Marseille, which will be uh, one of the two finals that uh, both teams are playing until the end to try and get the Champions League squad, uh, the Champions League spot. Excuse me, of course, all the games will be played at the same time as it's tradition in French football. The last two match days are uh, what we call the multiplex, uh, with all 10 games played at 9 p.m. Uh, Saturday, 5 a.m. for me here in, uh, in, uh, in Canberra, 3 a.m. for you, if I'm not mistaken, uh, back in Perth, Liam. On point, on point, Jim. and hopefully by then my jet lag will have gone away. I'm still on Irish time. It's it's very hard living down under when your your mind and body and soul is still in Dublin. But yeah, hopefully it's the end of the jet lag, and hopefully it's the end of Nisa's scoop to France jet lag as well. I'm a bit worried as you said you read out the fixtures because Lons play Trois and Trois, as you said, are safe. On the beach, probably yeah, celebrating. Yeah. It could be an easy win for Lawrence there. So they, they could pass out Nice if they're not very, very nice. careful. 
they still have their fate in their hands, but they need to get the three wins if they want. Yeah, uh, if they want to be there, if they beat Saint Etienne, um, if they beat Saint they're putting pressure on everybody because all of a sudden, uh, they got 63 points and they're uh, three points away from Strasbourg. They're a point away from Rennes before Rennes game, uh, but they're just two points behind Monaco. So it's it's all like it's definitely not lost for Nice. Uh, they just need to get wins. Like it looks to it, it looks like it used to be. That's a win, and now it's like wow, if they win, it's great. But no one really expect them to be able to uh, to win that game. Unfortunately, anymore, Nice not not the best end of uh, season for for Les Aiglons. Liam, thank you so much for accepting to spend time with me again and, and talk about French football and talk about the the French Cup final. Thank you for your uh, for your participation and thank you for being such a great Nice fan and and giving us your your view on what's happening um, in the Riviera. Thanks for having me, my friend. Hopefully it's not the last time. But <laughs> hopefully I'll be in a better mood the next time and have more to cheer about. Um, and uh, uh, looking forward to the transfer window as well. Obviously, there'll be some excitement there. And I wish you all the best with Marseille. I think you deserve that second spot, given your your scope of work during the season. So best look at in the Champions League qualification. I will be looking on with very envious eyes. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Champions League given what happened two years ago, but you know, you can only be better than what we did before. Uh, thank you everyone for following Castellin. Yam will be back on Castellin for sure. Uh, if it's not before, at least at the uh, end, at the off season, so we can talk about all those transfers uh, and we can talk about Nice potentially being now the second club of uh, of Radcliffe, depending on what's happening this week in Great Britain. Thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, and I'll talk to you again next week. Merci. Bye-bye. <laughs>